All right, the auto show continues down at Huntington Place. And there's no doubt that electric vehicles are are front and center and and they are very prominently featured in this particular auto show. But there are so many other EV features that if you're tooling around, you're going to be able to see, you're going to be able to feel and touch and ask questions about because whether it's the infrastructure issue uh, or or the vehicles themselves, it's a good place to find answers. Jennifer Meffords, the national co-chair of the Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Training Program, and she joins us now from the auto show. Jen, good to have you. Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm great. With the sound of squealing tires. I love it. It takes me yeah. back to last week. Look, it's it's a great, there's a, no doubt, it's a great show. And it, it's very hands-on for folks. What are you getting from people? Because I, I know you're spending a lot of time in the in the charging area, but w- what's the questions yeah. you're getting from people? So I definitely say the Hummer is still number one choice on the track, followed <laughs> by the Lyric. <laughs> I'm keeping track. Both and good options. Asian, and they're both great options. Yep. But, yeah, so a lot of folks are coming to the EV Learning Center and asking, you know, really for me, I think questions that are just, just natural questions. How do I charge this faster at home? How does that work? What does it cost to install? Um, am I going to need a panel upgrade? It's really kind of the basics, but for the most part over these last 10 days, I'm talking to customers that either have ordered an EV or are getting ready to. So it's interesting to me to see how far we've come in the last year, but there's also a lot more product in the market. Well, there's no doubt. And it, and there's only more coming as the, 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 the days and weeks move on. Um, what's the, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm interested to know the vibe that you're getting from people. Like, let's say they haven't ordered an EV or they're just trying to find answers to a lot of the, the questions or concerns that they have. Do you feel like, like uh, people are warm to this idea or warming to the idea or are they still apprehensive? What's your read on it? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's both. Definitely. I, we've got, you know, folks coming in who are riding an EV and, and will come in and be like, you know, I'm just not there yet. The market's not there yet. I'm just not comfortable at all, which I get. We also have a lot of people who are like, you know what, these cars are amazing. That was awesome. I either ordered one or I'm going to be ordering one. And the one that I want is available to order. So I think that's great. They, they do want to know uh, for their specific home situation, right? Whether they're in a single family home, multi-unit dwelling, apartment complex, condos, what does that charging at home look like? And then also how quickly is this public infrastructure coming in? We've all been talking a lot about commitment, um, you know, from the Fed all the way down to the state and private industry on putting more fast public charging infrastructure in. They definitely want to know that, Chris, and they also want to know how are they going to be able to get across this great state of Michigan East to West, North to South, all over the place. Um, so I'm having a lot of conversations about that. And, you know, there is a lot of infrastructure in Michigan plans and going in. Uh, and I think this picture is going to look really different as we turn the corner in the spring. Well, you, you brought up an interesting point because wh- whether it's condos or apartments or any type of, type of group living, I mean, those questions – uh, I, I think are really valid. And if there, if there are concerns, yeah. those are really valid. Are, are you hearing from kind of bigger conglomerates, bigger businesses, um, property real estate companies that are talking about 
implementing this type of of infrastructure into maybe new home builds or or uh, installing them in apartment complexes, places like that. Have those conversations already started? And are those are those plans that that we may see in the near future or are we still a ways out? Yeah, you know, I'm having those conversations all the time, even outside of the auto show. But I've has, had definitely a lot of companies that have kind of that multi-unit dwelling, whether it's apartment complex with a with a parking lot or outside parking coming in, and they're in the planning stages. Part of that's being driven by, of course, incentives that they can see coming um, that would be, you know, help offset the cost. But there's also a bigger conversation, I think, with those facilities about Yes, they want to be able to provide EV charging um, to the folks that utilize those facilities, but they really want to talk about everything from battery storage integration, renewable energy. I mean, I'm having conversations kind of all about the energy footprint of those facilities, which is normal in the work that I do, but I think interesting that charging is an aspect of what they're talking to me about, but it isn't the only thing. Mm. Well, it's very interesting. How else is the show going in general, you think? I think the show is good. I think, you know, obviously during the week, it's a little bit quieter. But the people that are here are having a great time. There's no question the interactivity of the show, whether it's on the EV track and some of the other, uh, you know, the mountains, the Jeep and the Bronco Mountain, I think are really just huge draws. So I'm expecting it to be a very robust weekend. Obviously, the weather is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And I think people are having a great time downtown. No boots. No boots for the auto show are required anymore. It's good stuff. It is not. It has not snowed sideways. <laughs> not once. Nope. Jennifer Mefford, thank you so much. Appreciate you as always. We'll talk again next week. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you got it. That's Jennifer Mefford with the Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Training Program. Interesting stuff. All right, I want to get to a couple of your calls. 800-859-0957. 800-859-0WJR. We're rapping about the immigration issue. Carl is in Dundee. What's up, Carl? Hey, how you doing? Good. So how long has this been going on with the, the Border Patrol, Border Control? Years and years yeah. and years. We're not getting nowhere. Right? Yes, Either side. I would agree. It's getting worse, oh, I, mean, I would argue. Do, do we need the government then at this point? Because they ain't doing nothing, in my opinion. Well, they're not. They don't. I mean, I don't know. They're not. They're not stemming the tide. They're not. There's no real answer here. As to why we're, no. there are 8,000 people coming across the border every day. Yes. But what's the solution? Uh, we're not getting nowhere. All we hear is they're coming and coming and coming, and it's not getting no better. It's getting worse. Here, Carl, here's what I would do. Um, I, I would I would strengthen, and, and again, this is coming from somebody who I don't know that we need to have this many people coming across our border every day. But I would, I would, Legal. I yeah, yeah. I would strengthen, our, yeah, of course, illegally, correct. I would strengthen our uh, uh, the policies that are in place, and I would, I would try to work with Mexico and set up stations in Mexico to try to to stem it. Right, if you create almost like a bottleneck, or you're creating an area where. It, it is difficult for people to come through or claim asylum or whatever it is. I, I that's that's would be my answer. But I, I there are answers across the board that I think that people would have. But we you know you're right. We haven't seen a lot of action on this. Carl, thank you, Dave in Rochester. I got just a couple. I got a, a thirty seconds here for you, Dave. I'm okay, sorry. Good. Yeah. Uh, you ever hear of Cato uh, Institute or Pew Research? Yes. 
they've done numerous studies on this. The immigrants, first generation, whether they're legal residents, whether you call them illegal residents or legal naturalized citizens, mm-hmm. first generation, all the same. They add a net benefit. Crime is lower. We have 8.8 million unfilled jobs, many of which are either non-skilled or low-skilled jobs. Sure. It's a perfect match. Process them, vet them, process them. But they can't. That's the problem. They can't process and vet them. They can't process and vet them at the speed they're coming across. That's the issue. So I, I think that's maybe that's a, an area we could address. 800-859-0957. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon.